one of the one of the things that I love to do whenever I get a chance is to ask older married couples how they met. Some of that is because each story is unique. First dates, blind dates, bad dates. And some of it is because they will almost always start to squabble just a little bit playfully when it comes to the details. But a lot of it, if I'm honest, is that it always strikes me as a tiny miracle whenever people meet and find love in this crazy world. And not just that they find it, but they recognize it. That in the midst of everything going on around them, they are able to see another person well enough to recognize a beloved. And even more than that, that they are able to see in that other person's eyes that they themselves are loved and desired too. That they're able to pick up the subtext, the signs. Sometimes I think about the line from that old Will Smith movie, Hitch. 60% of all human communication, he says, is nonverbal, body language. And 30% is your tone which means that 90% of what you say to people is not coming out of your mouth. Signs. Signals. That whole movie is about how hard it is to pick those things up from people around us or even just to send those signals out ourselves. And even more than how hard it is, that movie is also about how important it is as well. Or step away for a minute from the world of dating and think about the world of sports. You don't have to be Connor Stallions to know how important it is to pick up on signs from the team that is across from you. In baseball, legend has it that shoeless Joe Jackson could watch a batter in his stance and tell by the way that he was holding his bat where he would hit the ball. In football, defenders have known for years to take a peek at the knuckles of offensive linemen whenever they get down in their stances. If their knuckles are white, it means that this is a run play because they are leaning forward on their hands ready to spring out and block. If their knuckles look normal, then that means that their weight is back on their feet and they are getting ready to stand up and form a pocket around the quarterback out of which he can pass. Or take, for example, tennis. The famous story of Andre Agassi. 
One of Agassiz's greatest rivals in his professional career was Boris Becker, whose Hall of Fame career was itself built on the back of his tremendously powerful serve. The first three times that Agassiz played Becker, he went 0 for 3 because he simply could not break Becker's serve. So Agassiz began to study. He watched hours and hours of Becker's film searching for something that might give him an edge, and that is when he saw it. Whenever he serves, Becker would telegraph where the ball was heading. As he was rocking back and forth, preparing to serve, getting his body in rhythm, Andre Agassi noticed that right before he would toss the ball in the air, Boris Becker would stick out his tongue either to the left or the right, whichever way he was going to serve the ball. It was clearly unconscious. And it was just the tiniest split-second movement right before he would rocket the ball across the net. But it was a sign. And it was enough for Agassiz to know which way he needed to head so that he might have a chance at returning it. After picking up on that sign, after starting his career out 0-3 against Boris Becker, Andre Agassi won 10 of their next 11 matches. Sometimes, you see, sometimes a sign can tell you everything that you need to know. And in our text this morning, the Magi themselves see a sign. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child born King of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. Our translation calls them wise men. And the hymn that we just sang wants to name them kings, but make no mistake about it, magi is the proper term. They weren't just wise. They weren't just rich and powerful. These men were something else altogether. You can hear the word magician in the background of their title, but these men were not concerned with finding quarters behind kids' ears or pulling startled rabbits out of top hats. No. They were concerned with weightier things, secret things. They spent their time scouring the stars for signs, looking to see who was going to win the next battle or the next war, discerning which politician would be on the rise, how the next week or the next month or the next year would go in their lives. 
And then suddenly one night, as they were peering into the heavens, they saw something unexpected. It was a sign. And it told them a story that changed their lives. Back in the 4th century, John Chrysostom, who was one of the greatest preachers in the history of the church, presses into this point in one of his sermons. Why, he says, people come and ask him. Why is the truth of Jesus Christ revealed in this way? Why does God do this? Because elsewhere in Scripture, God is very clear that astrology is forbidden. That people should not, in fact, look to the stars in order to seek out secret things or divine hidden knowledge. So why, preacher? Why the star? And then Chrysostom answers them. He says that God sends the star to the Magi out of love. Think about it for a second. God bends the rules of the law out of love. God, he says, loves these people so much that he sets aside the law and uses just the kind of sign that they are looking for and places it right where they cannot miss it. The Magi, he goes on to say, the Magi would have simply rolled their eyes if God had sent a prophet. The Magi, he says, might well have tried to cut a deal if God had sent an angel. But a sign in the heavens, all they can do with that is follow it to the Christ child and know that nothing will ever be the same again. It was right there for everyone to see, of course. The star, the comet, the astrological convergence, the supernova, whatever it actually physically was, it was not hidden. It wasn't secret. It was right there, plain as day, for anyone who had eyes to see. For anyone who was awake enough and paying attention enough to catch the sign. And for those people, people like the Magi in the story, for those people it was a love note written across the sky. My friends, I say this all the time, but it's true. God loves us before we love God. 
our Lord comes to us before we repent and turn towards Him. God wants nothing more than the redemption of the entire world. And so when we come across stories like this one, where God's love is on full display out there for everyone to see, ready for all to accept, regardless of who they are or where they've come from. When we come across stories like this one, we should not be surprised. Instead, we should ask ourselves, are our eyes open? We should wonder, are we looking for God's, for signs of God's love around us? Are our ears open, straining to hear it? What would it mean to go through our lives attuned to the ways of God in this world, listening for it, looking for it, seeking it out, and if seeking, then inevitably finding instances of God's love all around us. And if finding, then like these magi from the East, following. Not just knowing that we're loved, but in that same moment, knowing that being caught up in that love, we get to share it with those who are around us. Share it with them as in saying, look, see. Isn't it wonderful? But also, and at the same time, sharing it with them, loving them ourselves just as God loves them, serving them, healing them, helping them, making sure they are housed, making sure they are fed, making sure they are cared for without reservation or judgment or precursor, simply loving even if, like God does here with the Magi, loving involves bending the rules. If only to make sure that they know that they're loved. If you've ever come across it, then you know how special that kind of true love really is. It's a wonder in the world that we live in with its stresses and its distractions, with the ways that it can make us be down on ourselves, and even with the ways that it can make us feel full of ourselves. It is a wonder that that kind of love is still out there. But it is. And it is all around us, just waiting to be found, just waiting to be noticed, if only we are awake enough to see the signs. 
if only we are attuned enough to recognize them. If we can tune out all of the noise that is around us and catch the love song of our God and then having caught it, share it with one another and with those around us. Can you believe it? God loves us. Even us. Even after everything, God loves us. It's right there, clear as day. Do you see it? Because now, nothing has to be the same ever again. Thanks be to God. Amen.